Welcome, teacher friend. I'm Lori. And I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore. We want the best for all kids, and we know you do too. Our district recently adopted a new literacy curriculum, which meant a lot of change for everyone. Lori and I can't wait to keep learning about literacy with you today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Literacy Podcast. Melissa and Lori love literacy. We can't wait for today's conversation because we think you're going to learn so much from it. There's just so much to learn about PLCs and um, different structures and ways to approach them. So I'm excited to learn. Uh, Melissa, I know uh, I came across this piece from a colleague recommendation and uh, I shared it with you. And we were like, we have to talk to her. Yeah, well, first, I mean, it was about something called masterminds, which just sounds really cool. So (laughs) I wanted to know more about that, but then to learn you know, the really great things that Jen David Lang is doing with leaders across the country, especially during this COVID time, I think it's just really exciting. So let's meet her. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Jen David Lang. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you both for having me here. Lori, Melissa, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself. We already know a little bit, but we might learn more too. (laughs) I spent my entire adult life dedicated to the field of education, starting uh, as a teacher um, in that special place we call middle school. Um, Middle school. I love middle school. Uh, (laughs) I'm not apologetic about it. Um, And oddly, I taught both math and English. Very strange person, strange roots. And many years later, after I got my principal's license, I found that I was much more interested in supporting school and district leaders. Mm. So um, when I spoke to a lot of principals, I realized they didn't have a lot of time for their own professional learning, or they weren't making a lot of time for their own professional learning. Of course, we called it professional development back then. Um, (laughs) And um, I decided to read a whole bunch of books about education, about leadership, about teaching and summarize one a month as part of a subscription service that I call the main idea. So you subscribe to the service for a year and every month you get one book summary. And then I also realized that a lot of school leaders aren't so comfortable designing professional learning for their leadership team, their teachers. So at the end of each book summary, I share some ideas for professional learning activities you could do with your teachers, with your leadership team, or if you're a district leader with your principals to bring the ideas from the books into your school community. And so I have been doing this for about 14 years since uh, 2007. I've got thousands of school leaders who subscribe from from all over the country, really really all over the world um, to this service called The Main Idea. So that's the the first thing that I do. I don't know if you want to get into that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Can we first just say how brilliant that is? <laughs> I know. I love that you came up with this idea. And I'm I'm wondering, do you, this is, this might sound silly, but do, after folks read the summaries, do they then, like, is it the springboard to read the book yeah do they do they read the book I was trying to think of a way to say it nicely like not to be like oh is it the cliff notes for adults you know um (laughs) do they then go and read the book or is it I'm sure it's like a 50 50 maybe I don't there's a there's a complete range you know I'm (laughs) doing eight page in eight pages it's it's not like a short review or you know it's a 
full eight page summary with the resources from the book, some examples. Mm-hmm. You do feel like you have the main idea of the book, <laughs> um, but it does propel a lot of people to, to read the full book because I only summarize books that I think are good. Right. So I am recommending right. it. <laughs> and then sometimes what will happen is like, if it's a book about literacy, a principal might buy a whole bunch of them for the English department, for example, mm-hmm. or if it's a book about leadership, might buy a bunch of them for leadership team. Oh, okay. I see. That's um, smart. Yeah. So sometimes sometimes people have already read the book, but they read it in grad school or 10 years ago. Yeah. And then, I mean, how many details do we really remember about these books that we've read so many years ago? Sometimes it's a reminder. Um, yeah. <laughs> sometimes leaders only want the book because they're planning some kind of professional learning or they're trying to choose books for book clubs. So they, they'll even skim either the book or the summary. So people really use it in different ways. Um, and I also have an archive of over 140 book summaries with PDFs oh my gosh. on the website. So That's you might amazing. have a certain topic, right? Like during COVID, oh my gosh, student engagement is way down. So you can go into my archives and click off student engagement and get all the books that will address that topic. Um, it's so much That's fun. Cool. I, I want to join books? after this. I know. <laughs> how yeah, do you choose which books to choose? That's a really yeah. good question. Well, first yeah. of all, practical. Like, I don't want books about, you know, policy or history of education. Those things mm-hmm. are very important. But I want books for the busy school leader to be able to use tomorrow with real mm-hmm. concrete ideas. Um, I look for some books that have more of um, research behind them, not just this is what I tried in my classroom and, and it's really great, but you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more um, research behind them. And then books that are not so dense that, that you really couldn't read it after 14 right. hours. You know, <laughs> I'm looking for books that are written well, that are accessible, that you really would um, recommend other people to read and, and want to read yourself. So those are my three criteria. That's really good. And, and do you, I mean, I'm just curious about like, do you go through a vetting process with anyone or is it, is, are you like the main deciding factor? I know. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the only one who works here. I mean, I, have a web okay. <laughs> I don't do web design, but yeah, it is just me. And I do get permission from the publishers for every single book because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's their intellectual property. So, of course. So, so you have groups with leaders across the country. Um, I'm curious about what that looks like. And I mean, you say country, but I'm even wondering if there's anyone from the, across like the, the world. Is there, have you? Sure. Enga- well, yeah. I will step back and tell you about the, the origins of that. So oh, after yes. many years of sending out these book summaries, I really thought how great would it be to run an online PLC for leaders, right? We encourage mm-hmm. our, our students to work cooperatively. We encourage our teachers to work as part of teams or PLCs. But we really don't have something like that for school leaders. So why not bring together online groups of school leaders for professional learning, support, feedback, resource sharing, problem solving? Um, And I certainly have a lot of content that I could share with them. But I never did anything about it because I was very busy. And then the pandemic (laughs) struck. And I thought, ooh, you know what? Leaders are already isolated. Now is an even better time to get people together. So I reached out to a, um, a colleague of mine who's a former teacher, principal, assistant superintendent, and we ran four pilot groups of these, these groups, which we called masterminds. And we had 
10 to 12 um, leaders. And we did have someone from Thailand who used to sign in at like four in the morning. I didn't. Oh, man. (laughs) Now it is really just uh, American leaders because of the time issue. Sure. And the pilot worked really well. So we ended up launching five mastermind groups with leaders that meet um, for one hour every other week. So it's leaders, both school and district leaders who wanted to vote two hours out of a month to their own professional learning um, each month. That sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. hard. It is hard. You know, you know. have, you know, the putting out the fires and the emergencies that happen, but that's why it's Absolutely. great that it's ongoing because yeah. if you have 24 sessions a year and you miss one, that's different than missing that one conference that you signed up for. Of course. That's a good point. Now, did the main idea springboard into mastermind? It feels like it might feed that a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So what we realized was we didn't just want groups of people sitting around and shooting the breeze. You know, we really wanted professional learning to occur. And so we wanted to make sure there were some real concrete um, topics to discuss. So we decided that each mastermind meeting would have a topic that school leaders care about. So um, this week, just today, uh, just yesterday, we're talking about difficult conversations. Um, Other topics have included building a strong leadership team, uh, coaching teachers, hiring for diversity, leading in uncertain times, building (laughs) social—that's a a very good (laughs) one—building social and emotional skills for leaders. Um, addressing teacher burnout proactively because that is Ooh. definitely going on right now. So those yeah, are the kinds yeah. of topics, but and we wanted people to share what was happening in their own schools or districts, but we wanted to have some content. And so um, some of that content does come either from the main idea or the reading that I do to um, to put together the main idea. So let's say the topic is um, you know difficult conversations. What we'll do is I'll take like three different books that I've read on difficult conversations and maybe some things online and I will boil it down to a one pager Mm -hmm. so that during these one hour mastermind meetings, we do a live read. Um, So rather than assigning a chapter or a book before a meeting, we realize leaders are busy Mm-hmm. And I love this is a great idea for anybody running professional learning. We do the live read. So we, we send out the one, we hand out the one pager or email it, but also have the <laughs> and for five minutes, we all cut our screens and we just read literally right there. So, you know, everybody's on the same page. So some of that does come from my reading from the main idea. That makes sense. I know Melissa is very excited to hear that you do live reads because she's a big fan of them. I know this. About I am. Her. Someone told me about, so I'm not necessarily like a huge Amazon fan. I mean, I do order from Amazon, but <laughs> I, I heard um, a couple of years ago that they cut, like they do not do PowerPoint presentations. Anything that you want to share with somebody in a meeting or something, you have to turn it into a, like a one pager, a narrative that everybody reads in the meeting. <laughs> and I was just fascinated I, by it. That it? Uh, like that workspace, yeah. I didn't know that. I think it's a great idea for anything, for a school strategic plan, for anything. If you can't put it on a page, you know, it's we've got too much going on. So yeah, that's just, great to hear, Melissa, that you, people love them because, um, I mean, I can tell you a bit more about the masterminds, but one thing is that everybody comes into these meetings, both for themselves as professional learning participants, but then they wear a second hat where they take, the content and the structures we use, and they can use them in their schools, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say 
it is a week about coaching teachers. Well, you're not the only one as the principal who's coaching teachers. You might have department heads, you might have outside coaches, your assistant principal. So you could take this one pager and do a similar activity that we did to take the content and the activity and do it with your leadership team or anyone who's coaching in your building. Absolutely. So tell me, so the masterminds, I could be wrong about this. Tell me if I'm wrong about it, but the like structure of it existed elsewhere outside of education beforehand. Is that right? Yes. I, I didn't invent it. I certainly didn't <laughs> invent it for education. In fact, I was in a mastermind as a participant um, before I started one, but, um, but yeah, sometimes in education, we come to things a little slower than we do <laughs> would like. I hate to admit it. But yeah, unfortunately, not for profit and for profit world. There were certainly has there's always been opportunities for people to get together and network, right? Mm-hmm. Meet people, but then there also have been masterminds where people either meet in person or virtually for learning, for networking, for support. Mm-hmm. And um, it's catching on now. I'm seeing it more in the uh, in the education world. This idea. Um, I even know someone who runs a mastermind for new teachers as well. Because mm-hmm. they have a certain, you know, special need that other teachers sure. don't have. And it can be intimidating to get the support in your school. So it's nice to have, you know, some some support from outside of your your school, even your state. Yeah. I feel like this would be an incredible idea for for educators who are implementing, like, you know, we often talk about high quality instructional materials and uh, what value that would provide, like the value add for them to connect as leaders and say, I'm having this struggle. Can you help me think through this? Or, you know, I found this resource to be immensely helpful when we were reviewing student work samples and here's why, and here's what it looked like. So I'm imagining this, this just, I mean, I feel like you should just uh, take this to the next level. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm only one person. Jen's like, so. I can't do it all. I, I love this idea, though. A big fan of the idea. <laughs> You're right. I mean, think about it, Lori. Like you could, like in schools where there are singletons, right? One music mm-hmm. teacher, one physics teacher, even one eighth grade English teacher. Uh, yes. There's a lot of connecting in the school, but imagine being in a mastermind with other, you know, eighth grade English teachers or physics teachers, and you really could share resources and ideas. And obviously people are doing that on social media on Twitter and Facebook, but it's, it's a more intense relationship. So, right. You're building community Mm -hmm. um, by doing this and seeing the same faces every other week. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I can tell you a little bit about the structure of the mastermind, but but one thing for sure is just the community that's built is powerful. And we found that people also connect outside of the meeting, um, mm-hmm. offline. You know, someone is trying to launch something new in their school and someone else already does that. You can't get into the nitty gritty in an hour. So you meet offline. Um, yeah. and, uh, and there's a lot of power in that. Um, there's also a lot of power in in being comfortable with a group so that you are feel vulnerable and comfortable enough to share some of your problems, which is part of what we do. So I'll, I'll tell you what the hour looks like so yeah. that any of your listeners want to use this kind of format. So we start with some kind of a check-in. It's really an opportunity for us to get to know each other a little bit better, sometimes around the topic of the day. Um, and then there's a first part of the meeting, which has to do with new learning. So it is often this one pager. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Before the one pager, people in pairs go into this document called the one big thing, 
where two weeks ago they had made a commitment to themselves or one big thing from two weeks ago and they check in and remind themselves and they go into breakout rooms. They might say, I haven't done any thinking about difficult conversations for two weeks. Or they might say, you know what? I took the ideas. I had a difficult conversation. I've been trying to have for a long time. Oh, that's great. So they check in first from two weeks ago, which in a life of a leader, a million things have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Teachers, right? Two weeks, a million things. Yes. So they check in about that. Then we do the new learning. So everybody silently reads the one pager. Sometimes we have other things, videos or um, Instagram posts. So, you know, we have other fodder for, but usually it's a one pager. And then we have some kind of activity to discuss it. And, um, and that way people not just learn what's in the one pager, but it's also an opportunity to share what you do at your school. So if the topic is hiring for diversity, um, you can read what the experts are saying and you can say, you know, we tried this and it really worked here in Iowa. Oh, really? In New Jersey, we did this and it didn't work at all. And you know, so <laughs> it, it's hearing from the quote unquote experts on the paper, but also hearing what other people are, are doing. How often do you, you get out of your school building to hear what others are doing? Um, and then after, I, I don't think leaders get out often, very often, do they? They don't, they don't have time. <laughs> no. and you'd be surprised. I'm in New York city and there are public schools within two blocks of each other and, and they can't even get out to walk two blocks. So oh, you can wow. imagine elsewhere where there's a much bigger drive <laughs> or commute. So, sure. um, so yeah, so the, the idea share and resource sharing, um, you know, cause mostly these are not first year principals, mostly they're, they're leaders who've been around for a little bit. So if you're talking about a certain topic, social, emotional leadership skills, people will say, oh, have you read, you know, Onward by Elaine Aguilar? Oh, have you been to this conference? Have you listened to this podcast? So it is really like a, a great sharing of ideas as well. And my co-facilitator and I, we're, it's not like we're dropping knowledge on the group. The, the, the power comes from the group. Our motto is the smartest person in the room is the room, meaning it's everybody. It's everybody bringing their one, five, 17, 31 years of experience um, with them. And they appreciate sharing too. Yeah. But there's that learning part. And then the end part of the meeting, we always have um, one person shares a problem of practice, something mm. they're grappling with and would like some advice. And we have a strict protocol based on like a consultancy protocol where the person presents the problem, we ask some clarifying questions, and then we really brainstorm uh, to help the person uh, not solve, but address the issue. And um, and the person usually walks away with pages of ideas, and often other people do too, because it's pretty rare that a principal has an issue that is so unique to their school. So, you know, we've had topics like, I have a really toxic teacher on my fifth grade team, what do I do? Um, I want to onboard a new leader at my school. What's a way, the best way to do that. So we build really strong relationships or, um, we've had a lot of people recently saying my teachers are really burnt out, but I want to do some professional development. Mm -hmm. You know, how can I balance those two needs? Um, this was an interesting one. One person said our school board had, um, an equity initiative and everybody celebrated how much progress our district made. And I, I just don't think we've gone far enough and everybody's here celebrating, you know, what, what do I do? Uh, So interesting. Yeah. And I I love that it's a safe space for them to bring that to you. Not, not just to you, to your group. Yeah. It's, they both, they don't have their supervisors in the room. 
They don't have anybody who's anywhere near them in the room. And then also just we've built the relationships over time. It's not like you just pop up online. You know, we, we've seen everybody two weeks ago, four weeks ago, six weeks ago. Yeah. And then, you know, then the final few minutes of the meeting is just, okay, we've, we've talked about a lot today. And we know as soon as you get off this meeting, there's going to be a fire drill, an angry parent. There's going to be so many things. So go back into that shared document, the one big thing. And what's one thing you want to take away from today? It could be a commitment you make to yourself, you know, soft accountability, but what do you want to remember? And it's really useful to be like, you know, I heard about this article now I want to read it. Or um, I want to try the strategy for um, recruiting more diverse faculty members or, you know, it could, it could be anything. Um, so, yeah, so that's the hour that we do uh, every other week. It's great. I love in um, in the article that you wrote about this, I, I love that you talked about accountability in that way that like, you know, usually we hear that word and don't <laughs> want anything to do with accountability, but yeah. in this sense, like there's just, you know, there's, there's this time for them to, to make those commitments, to check in on those commitments, to see, see how they're using this learning in real life. And, and, and there is a little bit of accountability because you're going <laughs> to check in with your group about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, accountability just to yourself, really, yeah. you know, what is it that I want to do as a school or district leader? And then, you know, have I been able to do it? And if you haven't, you know, you have another chance. It's not like <laughs> there's no uh, high stakes going on with this type of accountability. Yeah. What you shared, uh, I think you shared this in our pre-call that uh, we don't learn by doing, we learn by reflecting on doing. And I think that that's really important. Are there any things that you might feel comfortable sharing um, that leaders have shared with you that have been really critical takeaways that they've learned about or um, by reflecting on what they they practiced or what they did? Well, uh, it's interesting how many people have really learned about, oh, and that that quote is kind of about, we don't learn by doing, we learn by reflecting on doing. It's, it's sort of what um, John Dewey has said. Everybody thinks, oh, he's all about learning by doing, but it's actually reflecting on the, on the doing. Um, I think one key thing that a lot of people have taken away has been like the structures, you know, some people have really brought this type of professional learning into their schools or districts and really gotten teachers together. I mean, even if you just do, it's a 15 minute problem of practice sharing, um, you can get teachers to really, or, or your leaders to really talk about what they're struggling with. And then when you start to hear the brainstorming, you realize how much expertise is in the room. And professional learning does not have to be about bringing in the fancy consultant that costs a lot of money, but it can be something that we do here in our schools. And I know a lot of schools do have PLCs, but they don't necessarily do um, sharing the sharing of a problem of practice using a protocol. And it's a great way to give feedback because it's not like, oh, I didn't ask for feedback. Like, like the feedback is in brainstorming what other ways or how you could approach it. So it's it's more about the issue than the person. You know how sometimes feedback mm -hmm. is problematic because it gets into the personal, not the professional. This is all about the, the issue at hand. And, um, and it's also about developing relationships and understanding that. Um, I'm summarizing a book for the main idea called um, Trust-Based Observations. And it says that one of the things principals don't realize is how important building trust is first. So I think a lot of participants have taken away how important it is to build the relationship, build the trust, and then people feel free to share what's really difficult for them. I mean, one principal yeah. shared when, when COVID hit 
that she didn't even understand how to use all these Zoom links and get into classrooms <laughs> to observe. Like a really basic level, she just was overwhelmed. It was over her oh, head at close yeah. retirement. And uh, and she felt comfortable saying that. And um, and people were there to help out too. So uh, I think that's been one of the big takeaways. That's great. I've, so the, in your article, you, you also wrote about the need for this in you, the acronym is, is it VUCA? Is that how you would say the acronym? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I've never heard it said out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I assume it's VUCA just, but yeah, basically <laughs> the idea is that um, this term was coined, I think after World War II, that oh. we are living in a volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous world. And while you could say, oh, that's because of COVID, it actually is not, I think for a while we've seen how rapidly these changes are occurring. And no educator wakes up in the morning and is like, I want the rug to be ripped out from under me, you know, pulled out from under me. And I want everything to change so quickly, but things are. And that's what happened when we all had to, within a matter of weeks, go from in-person teaching to online teaching. So, um, so it's well worth it for leaders to develop the kinds of skills and mindsets to be able to lead in this kind of world. Because even if COVID were gone tomorrow, we still would be leading through change and um and so had it and living and living through change right so Mm -hmm. so how can we develop the skills to to the resilience to deal with all of that yeah I do feel like COVID kind of hustled the education fields um uh I don't know how to say this like it hustled us into the virtual space (laughs) where (laughs) other uh other areas have been for a bit of time and I, I love that you're leveraging that to really connect the leaders, not just all over the country, but I mean, like you mentioned, it could even be like two blocks away from each other who just don't have time. So I love that you're doing that. Um, and I, I do, you know, I think that like Melissa and I are both, uh, both were in Baltimore and I think a lot of misconceptions happen when we talk about like urban areas and, you know, you just shared you're, you're in New York city that, you know, I pictured before I worked in Baltimore city, like big schools and lots of people in every school. But the reality is that a lot of the schools that I supported had one eighth grade teacher had one principal, not even an, not even an assistant (laughs) principal, like one principal, because that's what the budget allowed. So just to kind of elevate the need for something like this and just thank you for your work. Like this is really helpful that to bring people together. So this, the power of the, the room, you know, everybody's learning together from the power of the space around them. Well, that's very kind of you to say, thank you. Yeah. Um, Somebody just sent in um, a mastermind application to be part of the group and she's in a rural area. So I don't know if you've heard of this before. I haven't. She's actually the superintendent and the principal. And Wait, what? Like <laughs> That's impossible. Years. How do you even do that? I don't know. I'm not sure. She probably gets, the principal probably gets good ratings, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but she was basically saying like, it's so small, right? That there isn't there. We don't have the, we don't have the funds. I am, wow. the principal. you know, that's why I'm, I am isolated. I want to join this group. And it, it's exactly um, you know, what you said, Laurie, it's, uh, it's both people who are in super rural areas, but then I got plenty of New York city principals who could walk a block or two away. <laughs> so, you know, I think 
the one of the biggest antidotes to this whole COVID and all of this change and craziness is connection, right? That's what we're seeing. Yeah. Whether it's connection in person or online, like that's what's going to get educators through all of this and we're stronger together. And so I think that really is at heart what the mastermind is about. It's about connection and anybody can do versions of this in their own schools or districts. So I love that they walk away with concrete stuff. I feel like educators crave that. And that's, I imagine, a real highlight for for leaders, especially when you're just drilling down and focusing on one thing. And likely, I imagine, like the things that you mentioned, those topics that you mentioned are are very global, also very relevant. Um, so it's, it likely is different than what they're getting within their districts, right? I imagine in their district, they're going to a principal meeting and like the first half of the meeting would be talking about English language arts or literacy or reading. And maybe the second half is math or what have it. And you're addressing those global topics that need to be addressed regularly, but that may not be uh, a lot of time for in in a district as things are moving really fast paced. So that's I think that's really exciting that they can walk away with those like concrete next steps and ideas for things that may not be addressed in their districts per se. We definitely believe in the concrete, but yeah, I mean I think it's great if they are addressing literacy in their districts. You know, of course the the more likely scenario is that a lot of meetings are admin, right? You know, it's a lot now of admin, that too. you know, mm. are we complying with all the COVID, the masks, but you know, all that, especially mm. now you can get really lost in the admin. Com- like compliance. Aspect. Yeah. Compliance part of the job. And it's mm. really hard to remember, you know, we need our leaders to be instructional leaders um, and to remember that side. So. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um. I made the mistake of going onto your website and looking at some of the books that you've done for the main idea. And now I'm totally distracted. So I got to get myself back. (laughs) So let's just take a tangent. What is your favorite? What are some of your favorite books? I I don't play favorites. I don't want to play any. (laughs) But I will tell you, so I I summarize a few different kinds of books. I certainly um, summarize books about instructional leadership, you know, so I have Mm -hmm. like Jim Knight books on um, coaching, certainly Elaine Aguilar's on coaching teams and individuals, the art of coaching teams, Uh, lots of books on on leadership, you know, Doug Reeves is a big name, 100 Day Leaders. Eric Schenninger's uh, Digital Leadership. So lots of books about educational leadership. But then I also have a lot of books also about pedagogy because I think that principals, <laughs> you, you know, whether you left the classroom last year or 20 years ago, you know, it's really important to stay up to date on that. And so I have um, Rick Wormley's uh, Fair Isn't Always Equal, Assessment and Grading, Differentiated Classroom, or I just summarized Michael Fullan's uh, Deep Learning, which is about the 21st century skills we should be bringing into our classrooms. Um, mm. Lots of books on literacy and math, you know, um, what was my, my math, great math one was like, how to be the math teacher I always wish I had. Uh, John Hattie, 10 Mind Frames for Visible Learning, right? Mind, mindsets that teachers should have. So definitely a lot for, um, for teaching as well. Student engagement, questioning techniques, um, discussion techniques, those kinds of things. And then I, um, I branched into leadership books that are not specifically about education, and I love a lot of those yeah. because I help translate them for the education world. So, like, I just saw oh, one that I love. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, one, which one did you uh, see? Switch: How to Change Things When Change Is Hard. 
Yeah, the Heath brothers, uh-huh. they're amazing. <laughs> they have the power of moments. Um, Dan Coyle's The Culture Code, which is really about creating a culture. You Certainly, we know culture is so important in a school. Um, Thanks for the feedback by um, Stone and Keen. Uh, certainly, there's so much feedback going on in schools. I love that book about feedback. Several books about habits, because I do think... I was just looking at mm-hmm. Atomic yeah. Habits. Atomic <laughs> Habits. Oh, that's such a great book. I've integrated to my own life. I have my Atomic <laughs> Habits um, list right here on the wall. And the <laughs> human behavior. There's also the classic, The Power of Habit by Charles um, Duhigg. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping to summarize, I'm talking to the publisher about Priya Parker's The Art of Gathering, um, which is a book about um, rethinking how we gather. So I think both about the staff meeting where, you know, what, what's mm. the name of the quote, I hope I die in a staff meeting because <laughs> it's so subtle, something like that. So, you know, how can we rethink our staff meetings, but also our, our classes, your, your classes yeah. are gatherings. So our gatherings, else? yep. You know, we have this 180 gatherings a year. What if we were more thoughtful about them? So I'm, I'm hoping to do the art of gathering. Yeah. So I love these books that aren't specifically about education. And then I try to make the connections either through discussion questions at the end or professional learning ideas to bring them more specifically to our world. Um, and then certainly yeah, books about equity, um, I have some equity books coming up, the, uh, the principal leadership for racial equity right here. And then certainly another one of Elena Aguilar's coaching for equity. And I don't know if you've heard of Street Data by um, I have James book. Lafier. You I, haven't, I haven't read it. But, See, I but that's it. what happens. We all have our stacks of shame, right? We all have our stacks of shame. And I have plenty of mine that I haven't read. And that's what people say. And so that's why I try to write these eight-page summaries so you can at least dive in uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm going to have to join, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited. To, I think we should, we should join, Melissa. We should do this. <laughs> I, I, w- I feel like this is so exciting. I'm like, I, I want to recommend books for you. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever <laughs> take recommendations? You? Yes. Oh, I, I love recommendations. The best books I have are because people email me and say, you know, can you consider this book? Um, so, cool. so yes, I would love an email from you or if you want to tell me any now, I've got my pen here. <laughs> I love it. Well, actually, I just got um, Adam Grant's Think Again out of the library, but I do want to, re- I do want to read that one. Um, but that's a newer one. Yeah, it's great. That's a great one. I am thinking of doing that one. Um, it's on, it's sitting, it's, it's, it's like, I'm looking at it. <laughs> okay. I, I can, and I, I want to read it. I'm motivated to do so. It's just, where's yeah. the time? Yeah, It's written in this very easy way that pulls you in like a Malcolm Gladwell or yeah. Angela Duckworth's Brit or, you know, lots of stories. It's peppered with all these wonderful stories like the Heath book. So uh, I love a good once you story, crack yeah. it open, you'll have no trouble. <laughs> Thank you. I'm yeah, that is, I, I try to set time aside you know, at least a little bit during the week on the workday, like even just like an, an hour on a Friday afternoon or something to be like, this is reading time. Um, and I, I do try to stick to that so I can at least make sure that I'm holding myself accountable to that. <laughs> that is very important. No, it's a very impressive habit. It's like people who do that for exercise, but yeah, you can take the four laws of human behavior change from, um, from Clear's Atomic Habits and apply them to make sure you get your, your reading in. Um, yeah. I applaud you. That's very impressive. Thank you. <laughs> trying hard, right? Everybody's trying hard to do the best they can. <laughs> we are. For sure. <laughs> well, Jen, is there anything else that you want to share with us about either masterminds or the main idea? 
any yeah, of your work? Feel free to reach out if anyone wants to email, ask any other questions or learn more. Um, my, uh, my email's on the website, themainidea.net, or you can write to me at jen at themainidea.net. And I'm happy to uh, answer any questions or chat with anyone. Thank you. We'll link all of those in the show notes um, okay. for you including your, your masterminds paper, which we, which drew us to you. So, (laughs) and you have a podcast as well, right? Oh yeah. So yeah. So um, a lot of people (laughs) asked if they could access my book summaries, you know, on a podcast. And my husband who's also an educator said, Jen, if you read those eight page summaries, that is going to be deadly. So I said, okay, well, what if I talk (laughs) about my book summaries and and you will both appreciate this because your co-host, he said, Jen, it is not very interesting to listen to one person talk alone. So um, that is a special gift. I will, I will give people who have that gift. It is very special. It is, it is hard and it has to be brief. Yeah. (laughs) But I imagine that you found a way to make it very interesting because you do have a co-host, right? Well, yeah. So like the two of you, you've probably realized it's more interesting with more people. So, um, (laughs) so Mike Dowdy started the school leadership uh, show podcast and um but he works full time and you know he doesn't have time to get guests and I have new material all the time so I said why don't we have a standing date every book I summarize we'll have a conversation about it either just the two of us or with the author if the author is available so every month I send an eight-page summary and I send a link to the podcast if you prefer to you know listen while exercising instead of reading eight pages so I provide it in another format and I do try to get you know really concrete with some suggestions and ideas um and then I add a third thing which during COVID everyone is so exhausted that some people don't even have the energy to read eight pages so I started creating a one pager for a lot of the books so that you can go smaller so like like in this deep learning book that I just summarized by Michael Fullan, I also just have a well, one pager on the six C's of 21st century mm-hmm. learning, describing what those are. So if you're just crazed, you could just read about collaboration, creativity, communication, you know, those kinds of skills. So, um, but yes, I, I do ha- have the podcast. It's really, it's really Mike's, but he allows me to co-host. So. <laughs> That's exciting. I also think it's a gift to be able to read a whole book and then to pull out one page worth of information. That is that is difficult to do, I imagine. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily a summary. It could like, obviously he said a lot of things in this book. It's just the six C's. So sometimes it's, you know, it's less the overview of the whole book and more like, here's something here's really something interesting. Really important. Yeah. That you can sink your teeth into. Yeah. That's great. So I'm wondering if you could give anyone out there a piece of advice. What might you share with them? I think that a lot of school leaders think, oh, I don't really have enough time for my own professional learning. And um, first of all, we're running learning organizations, right? We're expecting (laughs) to learn. learn. So we kind of need the learning to happen at the top. But the second thing is that really any time spent learning as a leader will have paid you back in spades in proactively addressing problems, uh, moving your school community forward into the future to address the issues of tomorrow, and just simply giving you better ideas for ways to better serve your school community. So it is well worth your time, whether you're a first-year leader or you've been in the field leading for, for 30 years. I like that. 
Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> it's like uh, feeding your children a nutritious dinner and then feeding yourself pizza every night. That doesn't work out so well in the long run, right? Exactly. So. <laughs> or in New York City, I see people biking and their kids, you know, their little two-year-olds on the back of the bike have helmets and they don't. And I think, oh, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. you're going to do an accident. No more mom, you know. Yeah, put the helmet on. Yeah. Put the helmet on. <laughs> Sorry, different topic. Okay. That's a good but you brought up the fast food. I did. <laughs> All very important things. Well, bike safety, healthy eating. <laughs> we appreciate model. all this. Model, model, model. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time today. We appreciate it. And we know our listeners are going to take so much from this, just the, the tangible tips that you gave, um, concrete ideas and ways to structure different things happening in their buildings. Or I imagine even if a teacher's listening, he or she might want to try this within their teams or with with teachers across schools. It just, it sounds really exciting and maybe you'll get some leaders uh, signing up from it. So thank you. Sounds good. Well, thank you both for your time. You are amazing thank at what you. you do. And I'm really impressed with how you so quickly understand ideas and help to disseminate them. So thank you, Lori and Melissa. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Good to meet you. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, Literacy Lovers. Be sure to visit our website to subscribe to our newsletter and podcast. It's literacypodcast.com. Yep. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Most of them are at Literacy Podcast. Yes. And please, please, please reach out to us. Melissa, what's our email address? Melissa and Lori at literacypodcast.com is our email address. And we love getting emails from you all. And <laughs> Lori we and really I really read them. Yeah, and we, we really, really respond. Fun. We just love we love when you all reach out and we, we get to have conversations with you. So please, please email yep. us. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're thinking about literacy, what you're thinking about ideas for us to podcast about. Yes, ideas for <laughs> podcasting, anything. We we love to hear from you what you liked, what you want. Yeah. We're here but for you. Mostly y'all are asking questions, which is great. Yes. <laughs> we don't mind that either. Yes. We're so glad you're here to learn with us. Thank you, everybody.